quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Have an endless desire for self-development and self-discovery. In my humble opinion, the journey of entrepreneurship is the journey of self-discovery. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Today's episode is brought to you by Presario Ventures, a private equity real estate firm based in the booming Austin, Texas market. To learn how you can invest in the future of Texas with Presario Ventures, visit info.presarioventures.com forward slash best ever. That link is in the show notes. I'm Slocum Reed. Today, we're joined by Andrew Freed. Andrew is joining us from Worcester, Massachusetts. His company is Freedom Management. He's a project manager for a biotech company. He is an investor-focused real estate agent with a team of agents. He self-manages 24 of his units there in Worcester. He is also a general partner in a syndication. His total unit count is 95, 66 of those doors in a syndicated property in New Bedford, Mass., 29 in Worcester, and he has a one-bedroom condo in Boston proper. Andrew, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Absolutely. And thank you so much for the opportunity to educate your audience. So my story more starts with that one-bedroom condo you mentioned back in Boston, Massachusetts. So more or less, I went through the typical American track of going to a good school, getting a good education, getting a six-figure job, getting a nice swanky condo in a city in Boston. And that's exactly what I did. And at the end of the day, after doing that for a decade, I essentially made it, yet I still felt empty after I came home from work. I always felt like I was meant for something better. I always drowned my ambitions in anything that wasn't productive, for instance, like video games or movies or anything I could do to drown my ambition with procrastination. And during COVID, that really came head to head where I came to the realization where I ran out of things to do and I had to really confront myself on what I wanted out of my life. And the big turning point for me was when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I realized the power in real estate investing. At that particular point, my net worth was around 250000 I looked at my Mint app. That's how I tracked my net worth. 200000 of that $250,000 was in my one-bedroom condo I bought seven years ago and didn't even think about it. It took me 10 years of working my butt off to make $50,000. And I was like, oh crap, maybe there is something to this real estate thing. At that point, I decided to take out a 200K home line of credit on my one bedroom condo. And I utilized that as seed money to buy my next 95 multifamily units over three years. I house hacked a couple times. I JV'd three or four times on some three plexes, some five plexes, some six plexes. And then at that point, I moved into the syndication space and syndicated around 65 units in New Bedford, Massachusetts. And that's my story up until today. That 65 units in New Bedford, is that one property, one transaction, or is it multiple? Great question. So up in Massachusetts, there really aren't that many large buildings. So a lot of times when you're trying to scoop up a lot of units, you do it in a portfolio fashion. And that's exactly what we did. These are 12 properties 65 units across these 12 properties. And what was really cool about this particular opportunity was we found this via an estate sale. One of my partners ended up 
doing a direct mailer to the widow of the person who owned the portfolio. And they were in the process of doing the estate sale where they actually have to value the property. And they valued all these 12 properties around $6.5 million. Yet we got it under contract for $5.5 million. So it was a really good opportunity. We were at the right place at the right time. And we closed on that around August. Of this year. So just a couple of months ago. Exactly. Yes. And for that particular syndication, we are taking a unique business plan, which is not typical in the syndication space. I'm happy to talk about that further. Yeah. Tell us what you're planning to do. So it's more kind of a hybrid between a fix and flip and a buy and hold. And more or less, these are 12 properties, 65 units across the properties. So what we're planning on doing is taking the smaller buildings, the four and five plexes, where we can really get the max price per unit from the retail investor in the MLS get rid of those, get the max price per unit, get our investors back their capital as quickly as possible, and then keep the larger stuff to stabilize and refinance down the road. So it's more of kind of a hybrid approach between a fix and flip and a buy and hold. Sell the smaller properties because per door, you're going to get a greater value for them. That makes a lot of sense. And then how many units do you plan to hold afterwards and what's the targeted hold period there is it infinite is it a three to five year period so it's a three to five year period and we are planning on keeping the larger properties about half the portfolio and what's fantastic about the larger properties is they normally provide a better cash and cash return it's way less money to operate a larger property when there's one roof when all the systems are under the same place So more or less, we're actually getting rid of the properties that have a ton of equity, but don't have that great of cash flow. And we're actually keeping the properties that do have great cash flow. And the plan is to sell the smaller stuff, keep the larger stuff, and either refi or sell in year three through five. That makes a lot of sense. I have a question I want to ask. I'd like to preface it first, though. A lot of times you want to hit the ground running with these kinds of deals or whatever you're going with, a value add business plan, which it sounds like you are, even though you have the opportunity to sell some of these immediately. You just bought these properties two months ago. What have you accomplished thus far just in the first two months of ownership and operation? So you're exactly correct. I played in this asset class, small multi. I mean, at the end of the day, the syndication is a bunch of small multis. I played in this asset class before, and I'm really used to hitting the ground running and stabilizing these three, these five, these six plexes and getting them stabilized in a three to four month period. With these larger properties, I've come to the realization that it operates a lot slower. So that has been a point of frustration for me. And let me just give you a quick example. Just their transition from payment from old owner to new owner It's going on a good two months. So it took a good two months from the prior tenant stop sending payment to the old landlord and sending it to us. So that's been challenging on our front, but we have made a ton of progress. We actually had about 10 vacancies and we turned about six of them so far. And we actually have two properties in the syndication under contract to sell for where we projected them, where we wanted them to be. And we completed a ton of CapEx. We actually did two roof repairs. And some heating units were installed. So we have done a slew of other repairs as well. What added to our ability to really hit the ground running was in this particular deal, we did negotiate a $250,000 seller credit, which padded our reserves. In addition, we also negotiated a $300,000 construction line of credit with the bank. So we're sitting on $550,000 of renovation money 
that will allow us to really hit the ground running to get these properties either sold or stabilized as quickly as possible, depending on which property it is. You're using third-party property managers and construction managers? One of my partners as an in-house property manager, so we are using an in-house property management company. We are using third-party vendors and contractors. One of our challenging areas with the syndication is we didn't have much of a team around there. So we have been leveraging a lot of our contractors about an hour away to do a lot of the work. We are trying to build a team down there, but currently we are leveraging our resources in other areas as of now, which Worcester is about an hour, hour and a half from New Bedford, Massachusetts. That's where a lot of my team is. And that's who we've been leveraging on a lot of these construction projects. The 29 units in Worcester, are those primarily two to four families or are they larger? They range from three to six plexes. So I own three, three plexes outright. I house hacked two. I got on the six units with $50,000 for my line of credit. So that was huge. One fiveplex and two six plexes I KV'd on in Worcester. And this has all been in the past three years, you said? That's exactly correct. I closed on my first multi December 2020. So it's been a really quick path to growth. And honestly, I had a fantastic mentor that coached me along the process. I actually became an agent under his team to provide him value, and he provided me mentorship. I started a local real estate meetup. I've been extremely active on bigger pockets. So I've really done the bigger pockets recipe on how to scale step by step. And that's really how I've been able to achieve this level of scaling in such a short period. Andrew, what are the things the past three years that have not gone as smoothly as expected? That's a great question. So I would say the things that have not gone as expected is everything. In business in general, nothing goes as planned. In my opinion, the most successful business people are the people who have the ability to pivot and really get comfortable with being uncomfortable and really learn how to pivot when issues arise. Another challenging thing that I learned scaling this quickly was being very conscientious of who you partner with. So prior to partnering with somebody, one of my biggest tests with partnering somebody is do they do what they say they're going to do? For example, if I asked you to do a task or I shoot you an email, do you get it done 80 to 90% of the time without having me to follow up with you or not? That's a telltale sign of if this is going to be a good partnership or not, because at the end of the day, the most successful real estate investors are superstars in their lane and they hand off the other parts of real estate to their partners. And if somebody isn't doing their job in their lane, that's going to bring the whole business down. So that's been a huge lesson learned for me is being very conscientious of who you partner with in real estate to ensure your values and your work ethic align. That makes a lot of sense. Looking at the pace that you've taken the last three years, are there any mistakes along the way that you feel our listeners could learn from? Yes. The biggest mistake I've came across in real estate investing was during my first syndication. I was absolutely overconfident in mine and my partner's ability to raise the capital, which resulted in a very stressful raise. And it resulted eventually in us having to give up a certain amount of equity for somebody to come in and raise the remainder. So that was very challenging for me is seeing where my limitations lie which at the end of the day, I have gotten better at capital raising, but that was my first experience capital raising. And we were raising $1.8 million. So it was a really big raise. And it was my first time capital raising. Honestly, I probably didn't have the experience to take that level of capital raising on at that point. However, I did mitigate the risk 
by surrounding myself with the right people. The person actually came in at the last moment and raised the remaining capital was my mentor who owns five, 600 units, who've syndicated six, seven, eight deals already. And the only reason he came in last minute is because the deal was good and he trusted me. So it's all about who you surround yourself with is instrumental towards your success in real estate. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor struggling to streamline your property management? Are you tired of juggling multiple systems to effectively manage your portfolio? Meet Rentec Direct, your ultimate solution for automating management tasks, reducing errors, and most importantly, saving you time. Rentec Direct offers an all-in-one platform for accounting, marketing, tenant screening, rent collection, and much more. And the best part? You're never alone. With US-based live support and award-winning customer service, Rentec Direct is the partner you need to streamline your property management so you can focus on what's most important, growing your business and getting more deals done. If you're an investor looking to grow your portfolio, join the more than 15,000 investors and landlords who manage real estate assets totaling more than $200 billion using Rentec Direct. Just go to rentecdirect.com forward slash best ever and sign up for a free trial. Plans start at just $45 a month and you'll receive 20% off your first year just for being a best ever listener. That's R-E-N-T-E-C direct.com forward slash best ever for 20% off. Can we talk a bit more about your deal structure for those 65 units in the 12 different properties? I'm curious for a couple of reasons. One is you had to bring someone else into the general partnership to help with the capital raise, but also... I'm curious about how the returns, both globally and your investors, look based on the ability to sell some of those properties very quickly. That's a great question. So the first thing I want to really point out when buying a portfolio is it's imperative to negotiate a partial release clause with the lender. And essentially what that means is you have the ability to sell off each property one by one and still maintain the loan. A lot of times with these larger portfolios or buildings, it's either all or nothing. You either pay off the whole loan or no. So that was the key for really making this strategy a success. Regarding the projected returns, we projected around a 2x multiple or a 17% IRR. We offered our investors around a 7% preferred return. So the first 7% goes to our investors and everything after that was a 70-30 split. 70% of the profits, cash flow, refinance money, sales money goes to the investors and the 30% remaining goes to the GPs. Additionally, we were very intentional about making our incentives align with our investors because this was our very first indication. We really have to prove ourselves. So one way we did that was we did a 1% acquisition fee and we did a 1% management fee. So more or less, all of our upside is really tied to the performance of this portfolio. So that's how we really structured the deal. And I believe our investors appreciated their transparency and the straightforward structure, as opposed to some other syndications you see where they have 28 different waterfalls and you wondering how am I really gonna get paid? So our syndication model is very straightforward. So Andrew, what happens with the capital resulting from selling some of these properties very quickly? I believe you said two of the 12 are already under contract to be sold. The proceeds from that sale, where are they going? Are they all going against the debt? Are they being dispersed some other way? 
Great question. The way it works is we negotiated a partial release clause. So more or less, we have the ability to sell off each property one by one. But for the bank to actually do that, they need an appraised value in hand for each property prior to that. So when we got the appraisals done, we didn't appraise the portfolio as a whole. We got each individual property appraised as well. What that allowed us to do is now when we sell off one property, the loan payback amount is going to be based off that appraised value. And then after that, the down payment for that particular property is going to be returned to our investors. And then any upside after the preferred return is going to be given to our investors as profit. Gotcha. Getting a separate appraisal for each property makes a lot of sense. What is your loan to value for this blanket mortgage? It was a 75% loan to value. So we brought 25% of the money plus the construction money. So with these properties then, proceeds from the sale, 75% of it is going to pay down the mortgage. The other 25% is being dispersed to your investors in the form of that PREF. And then also they're taking the entire upside. After the PREF, we're giving the investors the returns. Yes, that's the plan. It's a little complex math on the profits because it's really early in the project. But yeah, that's the plan. More or less, the entire plan is to get them back their principal as quickly as possible. Because as you know, in syndications, the quicker you get your investors back their capital, the sexier the returns look. So that's the main goal is to get back their principal as quickly as possible. Because that makes the internal rate of return higher. Exactly. One more nerdy deep dive question along this chain, and then we'll transition the conversation, Andrew. You're giving the investors the pref, and then they're on a 730 split beyond that, but you're giving them 100% of the proceeds from this sale to get their capital returned to them as quickly as possible. It feels like there's one more step in how that's structured. You're giving them 100% of the profits isn't necessarily the right word here, but you're giving them 100% beyond the pref instead of just 70. Is that because it increases your take as the general partnership on the back end? I guess another way to ask that is I would have assumed you'd say the investors get their pref and then everything beyond that is split 70-30 and the GP is taking 30%. But instead, you're returning all of it to the investors. So my question is, are you returning all of it to the investors now because it has a greater impact on their internal rate of return now, meaning that it leaves more upside on the table for you at the back end? I apologize if this is not clear, but after the principal is paid, there will be profit split between the GPs and the LPs with what's remaining after the down payment has been returned plus the payment to the bank, the initial debt has been returned. There will be some sort of 70-30 split on the profits after the preferred return. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. What is the best ever book you recently read? The best ever book I recently read was The Wealthy Gardener. That book goes over some key principles on how to build wealth, which I very much utilized in my wealth building journey but I never really put a word or a principle to that particular task. So that was a fantastic book for anybody looking to build wealth and prosperity because it gives you a lot of great lessons on how to do that. What is your best ever way to give back? I really enjoy mentoring and helping others. So I actually do mentor around three to four people. I meet with them every week. I go over their goals. I go over their highs and their lows. I go over how we can help each other achieve their dreams. So I take great pride in that. 
I also take great pride in helping others through hosting meetups, through podcasts, through jumping on the phone and just giving advice. So I get a lot of satisfaction from giving back and helping other investors grow because I had people in my side do that when I was starting out as well. So I almost feel a need to give back. Next question, I'm going to say specific to your Worcester portfolio. Andrew, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? <laughs> Great question. The biggest mistake from the portfolio that I actively managed was I got a fantastic price per unit. Conditionally, the property was in fantastic shape. So on paper, it looked fantastic. However, the location wasn't prime. In Worcester, it was one of the more crime-ridden parts of Worcester. We call it Maine South. I bought a property out there. We bought it for around $125,000 a unit when units trade for $150,000 to $200,000 a unit. The unit was in great shape. So everything sounded sexy. But once we start owning it, we came to the realization that very tough tenant base, a lot of repairs. So it's been more challenging than we anticipated. And that one sixplex takes more work than all the other properties I manage combined. Yeah, I get that, except for the value per unit part. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, and 125 a door for a six unit is pretty prime here. On that note though, Andrew, what is your best ever advice? My best ever advice would be to have an endless desire for self-development and self-discovery. In my humble opinion, the journey of entrepreneurship is the journey of self-discovery. Your success is limited by the version of who you are today. So your goal in life in general, in my opinion, should be to try to create the best version of yourself to create the life that you dream of. Last question. Where can our listeners get in touch with you? Appreciate that. I'm very active on Bigger Pockets, so definitely reach out to me there. I'm also active on Instagram at Investor Freed and Facebook and LinkedIn at Andrew Freed. I love chatting about multifamily. I love helping others. So always feel free to reach out. Those links are in the show notes. Andrew, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend you know we can add value to through our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thank you. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access. And you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.